Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the Retreat House Table. I am so glad that you're with us again this week. We are in our series on spiritual formation. And today we're going to be talking about wonder and thin places, those times when it feels like God's just a little bit nearer. And my guest today is Grace Picho, and I met her through Azer Collective, which you've heard me talk about a lot. It's the collective of women that Joe Saxton has brought together. If you don't know about it, I'll have it in the show notes. But that is where I met Grace the first time. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about the subject She's someone who's writing when I read their writing and hear them speak. I just I have a lot of respect for her and felt like even though this is one of the topics that f- can feel a little more like heady and not heady, but like airy, she is grounded in the Lord and in his word. And uh, I'm really excited about this conversation we're going to have. So welcome, Grace. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So why don't we just dive right in and talk a little bit about how you got to the place of wonder. It was, you know, we talked about it a little bit in our conversation when we said, when I said, I want to have you on and talk about spiritual formation. And then it was weeding through, well, what part, what piece of it? And we landed on this piece of wonder. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got there? Sure. I even as a kid, I've all, I've always loved the idea of magic, mm-hmm. um, and I think I I liked it so much because. Magic meant that the there was the po- the possibility of wonder or the possibility of something otherworldly. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, and we can call that imagination, we can call it wonder or magical. And I've always loved that, e- even as a kid, but as a grown up too. Now I still love it. And although now I know that magic is an illusion, a way of tricking our minds, but there is still a part of me even now that I feel like. It's possible if we would just believe (laughs) a little bit of a Peter Pan um, in me of thinking that if we thought good thoughts or if we just believed it hard enough, these things could be real. So I've always had that sense of wonder, but I think what elevated it even more was the trauma in our family. Mm. And so the dysfunction and brokenness of our family dynamics or relationships within our family and the trauma that came out of that, I think that is what pushed me into wonder even more. So Mm -hmm. pushed me into fantasy or almost like an escape. Um, Escape. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. It was an escape, but I think in that world I created something that was safe Mm. and still good and still pure, you know, so uh, even though I've always, I was always wired that way, I think the things that came out of the trauma of that was I escaped it by going into my imagination. And not that it was, um, I don't know if you've seen um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes, the photographer. That's the one where he's yes. tra- tracing down the photographer. Yes. Yes, yes. But you know, in that, um, in that movie, he, his imagination, you can, I mean, you can see his... Mm imagination come to life Mm -hmm. and I realized that um, it was a little bit like that in my own mind but not so ethereal or not so it was more like I just needed to escape the hardships of what was our family okay and so 
I wrote about this for one of my posts um, at a different place I used to write for, but we had a bunk bed as a kid, as, as kids, there's four kids in our family. And when my parents were fighting, I would just imagine, like, I wish there, there were notches where the bolt would go in mm-hmm. to adjust the height of the bunk bed. And there were always two that were empty. And I always thought, like, wouldn't it be so nice to become so tiny mm-hmm. and hide away in that little, in that little nook mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's in the bunk bed? And I imagine, like, I would have pillows there and I, it would be quiet and I would have books there and just have a place where I could hide away. But to me, that felt like normal, uh, a normal thing to do. And now I look back and I see how my, the way that I was wired helped me manage mm-hmm. and survive those years and seasons of our lives. And now I can see how God is using it through my writing and me being able to connect things in a way with words now that can help people come into that place of wonder. So that's, I think that's where it started is the way I was wired and then also our family circumstances. I think that's so interesting because it seems like people will go one way or the other where where there's trauma, then they they become a perpetrator or right. like you going mm-hmm. to a place of escape, going to a place of wonder, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, and it sounds like, uh, you know, you said use the word safe, like a safe place and how that it's just interesting the way that different people cope with the same situation. I mean, I'm sure right. I have three siblings, too. There's four kids in my family. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we talk, it's like, are we, did we, were, we, were we in the same family? <laughs> because we dealt with things so differently. It's true. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that, that I still carry some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't come out of trauma or you can't come out of abuse and not carry the scars of that and not have it so ingrained into your into your being that you could perpetrate some of, some of that. And I think it's it's both. So I'm mm-hmm. still working through uh, some of those childhood wounds. And yet that part of wonder and childlike awe hasn't left me. And for that, I'm grateful because, yes. It's such a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift. And, yeah, it is a gift. And we'll, we'll go more into what it looks like as grownups, why mm-hmm. that's not, quote, unquote, normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, yeah, it is a gift. Now I see it as a gift. And now I'm not afraid to say that I am like this. Because it felt like a place of embarrassment that mm. I haven't grown up fully. But now I see it as a gift because I can connect with things uh, more easily mm-hmm. because of that to those thin places that we'll talk about. Yeah. Mm. When you were talking about writing, I realized in the intro, I didn't say that you're the <laughs> managing editor at Encourage. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and you have a website and you're an editor and a writer. I forgot to mention those things. Those are important yes. things for people to know about you. <laughs> I do. And so when when you and I had the conversation a couple weeks ago leading up to this, you were talking about how, like in Narnia, that you always related to Peter. And now you feel more like you're, you relate a little bit more to Lucy. So talk a little bit about what that looked like for you to relate to Peter and, and what it looks like for you to kind of give yourself more permission now. Because was there a period of time where you weren't really allowing yourself to wonder? Or weren't really owning, maybe, that it was a part of you? Yes. I don't think it's that it left me, but that I wasn't calling it good. Yeah. That I wasn't owning that it is a good thing, that it is a gift. Mm -hmm. I related to Peter because of his rebellion Mm. and his desire to belong, but not really belonging in his family. 
I don't think he was the second child, but I'm the second in my family. And in a lot of ways, I took on the middle child syndrome. Okay. There's a seven year gap between me and my younger sister. And so like it or not, I felt like I felt like the middle child there, even though there our brother came along mm-hmm. uh, soon after my sister. But I think that's why I felt like Peter so, so much is that I got in trouble often as mm-hmm. a kid. It seemed like I couldn't do things right. Um, like his older siblings and my older sister was a good kid and listened well and I wasn't or I didn't think far ahead into the consequences of things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) therefore got in trouble a lot so in in those ways I felt like Peter and also in my relationship to God I think that's how it felt of him redeeming me that Mm. I was so far away that I did these things or broke the relationship so much that maybe I couldn't be redeemed, but that Christ could go so far as to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. as Aslan does. Mm-hmm. And then brings, um, brings Edmund. Did we say Peter? We did. I, I did say Peter. Edmund. It's Edmund. That's the okay. second one. It's yeah. Edmund. I said the wrong one. Peter's the oldest, um, right? Yes. Peter Peter's... Is the oldest. Peter's the good one. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you did not relate to the good one. Sorry, Let's be everybody. clear. No. Yeah. <laughs> Edmund. It's not Peter. It's Edmund. Edmund. Yes. Really sorry. <laughs> when I said it, I was like, I'm not sure that's right. Um, so yes, I related to Edmund so much more when it came to my faith and when it came to the kind of testimony or faith story I had with God. And now, and I thought I, I don't have the innocence of Lucy. I have more of the tainted redemption, you know, mm-hmm. um, of going from the White Witch's dungeon mm-hmm. to that hill. Um, I'm, and I'm thinking about, about the movie right now, but right. to that hill where he meets Aslan and gets uh, restored. So it wasn't, I did not relate to Lucy at all until recently, as I've been thinking about this and after, and during our conversation a little bit before we had our conversation, I think I play that role now, even mm-hmm. though in my own personal relationship with God, I might be more like Edmund, mm-hmm. um, one who's been redeemed. But now when I lead other people in my leadership and in my writing, I feel like Lucy mm-hmm. where I'm inviting people and also taking them with me as I go through the the wardrobe doors mm-hmm. and I'm inviting them into this place where it's God's kingdom and it's real and it's alive, but maybe you haven't seen it quite this way. And my words or my leadership is going to take you there. And so in that way, that gift that I thought was an embarrassing thing before mm-hmm. of being able to connect into these thin places. Now I see how that is not only a gift like a child would have, mm-hmm that it's a powerful thing and a powerful way of communicating and allowing people to see God's kingdom right here and right now. Right. I mean, that's what Jesus said when the children wanted to come to him. He said, right. You come to me like the children come to me. Yes. I mean, that is how Jesus is saying we're supposed to approach him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I get that now. I, I get it more now than I did before when I used to think that wonder was something I should be letting go of as an adult. Right. Mm -hmm. So say a little bit more about how that wonder has contributed to your spiritual formation, to your relationship with God. Because I'm thinking about how when I've experienced pain in my life, mm-hmm. that was one of the things I was afraid of that I would lose. I was afraid that I would mm-hmm. lose the wonder. So I think that's why right. it strikes me so much, why your story strikes me so much mm-hmm. is because when you experienced pain, you went to a place of wonder as a place of escape. Right. And and I'm I had the opposite experience of when there was pain, I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out. You know, I'm 
you know, right. how am I, how can I trust this person who he's allowing these things right. to happen? Right. You know, we, you talked about how you and your siblings uh, would talk about how you could come from the same family. And mm-hmm. I often wonder that about our family as well. And I told my siblings recently, we we're talking about faith and my, my parents were in, in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of pastor's kids and a lot of missionary kids, not only were we pastor's kids, we were also missionary kids. Okay. Uh, so the added element of being overseas and being in a different culture than the one that we grew up in. And even that being, because I'm Korean American, uh, we had both the Korean and American culture mixed. Mm-hmm. And then to go overseas after that, having, having different... Right, all the cultures. <laughs> all the things, all right. the things impact our family and so and I and I always thought it was interesting even and I don't understand how this came about but I know that when I looked at God I thought even even though we see God in relation to how we see our dad our father Mm -hmm. figure to me it was more like I know God can't be like that because Mm -hmm. he's holy Mm -hmm. and so it made me in some sort of flip way trust God more Mm. Or know that he's a safe person mm-hmm. because I knew that my earthly parents were broken. Okay. And surely God can't be like that. Mm-hmm. And That's so an I, amazing, I, Grace. That's I amazing. Like, and, you know, I, I was thinking like that, one, I think it's a grace mm-hmm. and it's a gift. And then, two, I was taking um, Strength Finders recently. Have you taken it? I have. When you were talking, I was wondering if positivity was one of your strengths. Oh, it's not, oh, but yeah. connectedness <laughs> okay. is one of mine. And uh, one of the things it says is that there it's the powerful conviction that everyone is connected or everything is connected and everything happens for a reason. Okay. So a lot of people who have this strength have a, a belief system in something. Um, so their faith is strong. And I realize I think I'm wired this way. So a lot of it just feels like grace. The fact that I was wired with wonder, that the fact that I was wired with connectedness as a strength from from the beginning Mm -hmm. helped me survive those years and continue to help me heal from those wounds Mm -hmm. because I know that above it all, God must be different from this, this hard thing or this bad thing, or these people who are not perfect. God surely must be better than that or he isn't God. Right. Well, and also then to turn and what you said now that you can use your story and your experience to draw other people to the wonder yeah, right, and right. into the awe of, and looking at God in a way that maybe they haven't before. Yes. Yes. Uh, another one of my strengths finders strengths is communication. Mm. And one thing I noticed just in my season right now is I'm living into my strengths more than I ever have in my mm. life. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating to see. I wasn't thinking I was going to become a writer. I was a pastor before. I just thought I was going to be in ministry for my whole life. And I, do you think writing is a ministry? It just doesn't look like your typical church ministry. But now I see through my Strengths Finders results. I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm actually living out my connectedness, my communication. And it does help my my desire. My ultimate desire, I think, is I want people to know God right now and mm-hmm. to know that his kingdom is present and his presence is present in their lives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they could it's not so far away from them as they might think it is right i think people don't understand their position in god's kingdom now yes because they don't understand that his kingdom is now 
Right. That it's not a coming, but it's happening now. And we're a part of it. Yes. And working a part of it. I feel like that that is what makes this wonder aspect for me now a strength because it is present, but we don't often don't think that way. Mm -mm, mm -mm. We live we live in the tangible visual things that we can hold on to. Right. And yet, if we could just see the past, <laughs> the thin veil of what is this world, mm-hmm. we will see that God's presence is here, that God is here, and that we're living in that world, you know? Two. Yes, yes, yeah. both. Yeah. One day, it'll be fully realized, but right now, yes, we're living in both, but it's so close. Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah. And the best way, I, I think, when we talked about thin places... The best way I described it, and I didn't have the language for that Mm -hmm. um, before, but I just thought it's like a thin veil. If Mm. only you could reach through, you could actually go through it Mm -hmm. and touch it or see it and experience it. Or if it was just lifted up for a quick second, you could see it Mm -hmm. clearly. Will you share that story, the story that you told me about when you felt like, yeah. Okay. I was walking around the neighborhood because I was training for a marathon, which happened two years ago. I haven't worked out since. (laughs) But one of the early morning runs that I did, I noticed that on a wooden fence between the two neighbors' houses, there's a wooden fence that probably looks, probably has been here for years since the Mm -hmm. neighborhood started. And from it, there was steam coming out of the posts. And the swirls of it and the quietness of the morning, all of that felt magical. And because it it wasn't that anything was making it come out, I'm sure there's some sort of science behind it. But the look of it looked like magic. Mm-hmm. Um, the swirls of it, you know. And I thought, like, God is here right now. He's He is the one. If there's behind the science of it, there's just God who delights in bringing wonder into this world and to want to meet us in the wonder. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I thought, yeah, this is one of those moments where I felt like I was near to God in that moment. And that he is, he's just telling me that he's here that he's present, um, that he's real, and that he can show show up and meet me in the most unlikely places, even in the steam, the mist that comes off the wooden fence. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about that is, and now, did you, do you follow Beth Moore at all? Yes. Did you see the post that she had recently about having a relationship with God is more than studying his word? No, I didn't see okay. it. Okay. People got very upset about it. But she was talking about how it's important to study God's word and that's, she does that daily and that's what she teaches and that is important. But in a relationship with God, it's not only that, it's not only reading his word. And that made me think of what we've been calling as thin places. And that's a Celtic Christianity term, that term where it feels like there's that thin veil where God has come closer. God is always near us. I really think it's that we are more aware in those moments yes. of his presence. Yes. But and when I read those the posts that Beth Moore had put up, I thought oh that that's part it's part it's those experiences, like you with the fence and the mist, experiencing mm-hmm. God in those moments. Yes. I feel like growing up, having been taught how to do quiet times or how to do, you know, your your spiritual life should be Bible reading and prayer. Mm-hmm. But part of what was missing, at least in the way that I was raised in faith, was that God's word is alive. Also, that the Holy Spirit lives within us. I mean, mm-hmm. we we were told all those things, 
but the reality of what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean when his word is actually alive? And I think that's what I find in those thin places or in the mist from the fence is he's actually active in this very moment. And he's not just meeting me in the work, but, but in a more holistic way, mm-hmm. not just when I'm sitting at my desk and, and with my journal and writing it out and uh, writing out my prayers, but, or when I'm sitting there reading his word or listening to it. Mm-hmm. Cause he's, he's there. In, yeah. He's there too. Yeah. I mean, he, yes, he's yeah. there too. And he's there on Sunday services. He's there mm-hmm. in all the things that we've been taught to do were good and they are good, mm-hmm. but he's also in the midst of our ordinary things in things that are ordinary, like that wooden fence, like that morning that I was going for a run. He really is everywhere and nearer than we think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what you said, that we are more aware of his nearness because God is always near. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just took a preaching class last fall with uh, Stephanie O'Brien, mm-hmm. which was very, it was such a good, it was fabulous. It was so good. Oh. But that was one of the things that she talked about, that in preaching, it we always need to talk about God, then we respond. It's right. it starts with God and we respond. It's never we do this and then God responds. Right, right. And I never thought about, oh, that gets messy real fast. If mm-hmm. it's you do this, then God will do this is what that comes exactly. out to be. But it's always God first. It's always God initiated. It's always God coming for us first. Right. And then right. we're responding to that. Right. Yeah. And and this idea of didn't Christ wasn't Lucy, an example of Christ himself then, because he did it first. Mm-hmm. He made the way for us to go back to the Father and to connect with him and mm-hmm. to repair that and help us experience it because he came and did life here. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, it's like a reversal of things. He came into our space, and because of that, now we get to enter into the holy space. Right. And so he's the ultimate Lucy. I mean, he's the ultimate every character. Right. <laughs> uh, but even in this way... It wasn't that Christ was above wonder, you know, that it was a part of how he lived. And he saw that. You can see it in his parables and in his stories as he's always connecting the mundane to something that's in God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Last week, we talked about lament with Alicia Vela and talked about how, as you were talking about Jesus, I was thinking about how he even lamented and how he gave us the example of, of what that's like, you know, like him in the garden saying, right. Lord, take this cup from me. Right. You know, if there's another way, do it, you know, do like wanting, wanting there to be another way, but yeah. then submitting to, okay, but not my will, mm-hmm. your will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is the perfect example. <laughs> he truly is. So what would you say to someone who feels like, because this can feel you know, talking about thin spaces and talking about experiencing God can feel kind of airy and unsure and gray to people. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to somebody who, who feels that way, who feels a little uncomfortable? I'm not sure about that. That seems a little uncomfortable. One, I think sharing what we just shared about how Christ is like that mm-hmm. and how Christ can, he was the connecting point between this world and the kingdom of God and how we I think when people are afraid of things that are outside the box, Mm -hmm. helping them connect it to Christ, that he was also like this. And that if they read scripture and his stories and his life, that they would see it, you know, looking for those things, Mm -hmm. they would see it. Because sometimes we don't see it because we're only reading it the same way that we've always read it. So Mm -hmm. it's not like we're trying to take 
something out of its, its context. But reading it with a fresh set of eyes mm-hmm. um, helps us see Jesus in a different way. Mm-hmm. So one, connecting back to Christ and that he was one of wonder. And then two, I would encourage, and this, I know that this comes with a caveat, but if they could imagine themselves when they were younger, and if they could imagine that age when everything seemed possible mm-hmm. and there was the freedom of possibility and wonder, um, if they could go back, even in a memory to something or a point in their lives where they felt that mm-hmm. and just sit there for a minute and ask God, what do you want to show me here? That God, I'm hoping that they'll find that God would wa- wants to show them that that is still real, mm-hmm. even as they are a grown up. And I know the, ca- the caveat here is lots of people have experienced trauma, abuse or neglect at a young age. So they may never have experienced or have been wired for wonder, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I think, still think there is a part of us, even if we experience trauma and um, abuse at a young age, that we have been created like children. And so the passage that you were talking about, that we should be like children to enter the kingdom of God, I think we can go back there that it could be restored and redeemed. Mm-hmm. Maybe not fully in this life, but... Um, and not right away. But, I mean, through a, right lot, through a lot of work. Right, A lot of hard right. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that it could by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the work of Christ and his redeeming work, and by the hard work we put in to heal, to face our trauma and our hurts, that it is possible, even if you're not wired for wonder, or you're not, you don't have the experience of childlike awe, it's still possible to connect with that. And I think the purpose isn't just to, well, one, I think there doesn't really have to always be a purpose in wonder. I think that in and of itself is a gift. Mm-hmm. But to know that if, if they're looking for a purpose, one could be that they will feel that God is near to them, mm-hmm. that they will be more aware, as you said, that God is near and that they don't have to be so afraid to enter into this thin space or weird space or awkward space. And, and I think that's what, that's what makes it a spiritual formation practice is that when we keep going back to those places, and for me, I think that is where I meet God the most, and that's why I love nature. That's why, mm. that's why I love reading stories and reading books, is that it often, those are the things that take me to those places with God. I need that. Mm-hmm. I need that just as much as I need my Bible reading and my prayer life and my being in community at church. I need to find God in my midst, and one of those ways is, is through wonder. And the practice of that. So in that way, I know you asked this question a little bit ago, but that is what forms my my faith and how it becomes a spiritual formation practice is doing it on a consistent basis. And now this year, I realize Sabbath and wonder go together. Mm, say more about that. And I, that when we pause from the things that of this machine that we're on, it allows for space for us to step into thin places mm. wherever we're at. So it could be at a retreat site. Like I've experienced it in places at retreat sites. I've also experienced it like here in my neighborhood with the wooden fence. And so really it can be practiced anywhere. So mm-hmm. you don't have to go to a certain place that's beautiful, though it's easier, I think. Right. right. Well, and I think that's an important point too, that it will look different to everybody. It, exactly. Not every nature happens to be my place too. Actually mm-hmm. the North shore of Minnesota is my thin place that when I go there, I feel like, I feel like God is nearer, but I think yeah. it's just really that I'm more aware of him. But other people might experience it, you know, running or True. 
people might have that kind of experience reading his word. People might sure. have the experience in different ways. So also just, right. you know, for the people that are kind of sitting at the table with us to, yes. to that this is a description, not a pres- mm-hmm. prescription mm-hmm. of what, yes. of what it is. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. yeah. A- anyone can experience it. And I know for my husband, who's more logical science, math brained, mm-hmm. it, it may not be that it may not be. So it may not feel so quote unquote magical. Right. Or feel um, but, like it yeah, might feel, feel feeling. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm married to an engineer. Any of these words. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but that even for, there are probably still places for him. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. um, he's engineer minded, but he's a chef. Mm. So I know for Interesting. him, mm-hmm, it could be in the cooking aspect or in mm-hmm. the feeding people aspect. Mm-hmm. So there are thin places everywhere. And maybe part of that is the journey is, what is that for for you? And learning to even try different things to maybe find the place that feels like a thin place to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's making me think of Chariots of Fire. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the man's name, the character in the that, the man that was the runner. But he liked running. Very little. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because when mm-hmm. he ran, he felt God's pleasure when he yeah. ran. And that's why he liked to run. That's one of my favorite lines. I was taking a writing course once. And someone quoted that, uh, quoted that movie, and but they said they feel the pleasure of God when they write. Mm. And when I heard that, I started crying. And that's probably one of the markers for me as a writer mm-hmm. that I knew that writing was more than just a hobby. Mm. That it was a way that I was connecting to God. Um, and I'm needing to remind myself of that now because I've kind of lost that. But not only does it connect my readers to God. Mm-hmm. But I connect to God, and He meets me on the page. Right. So that's a thin place for me, that I'm that was once there, and now I'm having to shape it again because mm-hmm. I've lost it. It's mm-hmm. become more work than anything. I think that um, that quote by him is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So there was a quote that you were talking about before we got on from your the book that you were reading. <gasps> yes. Oh, I just wanted to. The whole book isn't about thin places or about wonder necessarily but Shannon Martin's book The Ministry of Ordinary Places this is her newest book that she came out with and the tagline is waking up to God's goodness around you and she talks about one of the the hashtags that she uses a lot on Instagram is the ministry of paying attention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how so I there, there wasn't a quote that captured all of this but if you go to her Instagram account and you you look through her pictures she talks about finding God in the ordinary places where she's at in her neighborhood Mm. with the people that she lives with. Mm -hmm. And that idea of paying attention is the crux, I I believe, of wonder and connecting to those thin places. Mm -hmm. If we could, and and the idea of Sabbath. So all of that combined. Like the stopping, the stopping, Mm -hmm. the stilling, the Mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me, it always... Conversa- these kinds of conversations always make me think of Elijah waiting for God mm. to come and that yeah. God wasn't in the wind and he wasn't in the storm and he wasn't right. in all the big noisy. Right. And then there was a gentle breeze and God right. came in a whisper in that breeze. Yeah. That is because I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. And me so, too. so the, you know, I've always said, if someone could tell me what I need to do to be, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. So I have a trouble stopping, but I think of Elijah and, the stopping and the waiting and turning your ear toward him and listening right. for him. Yes. Yeah. 
And maybe yeah. that's why for for me, the little things like the mist off the fence, maybe that's why it feels even more so like God to me mm. because it feels unlike something that's mature, you know, mm. something that's like what a grown up should do. And, and this idea of paying attention, isn't that what children do? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're so prone to be close to the ground and whether they're, you know, playing with worms or whatever, whatever it is, they just find so much joy, enjoyment and pleasure in that. And I feel like we can only get there when we stop and pay attention and enter into those places. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure we mention? I think one of the things that we haven't, I mean, we, we've talked about it a little bit was this idea of when we're grown up, we're taught basically, whether implicitly or explicitly, that we should lose wonder mm. and that we shouldn't believe in things of all possibility because the truth is, yeah, life is hard and this world isn't perfect. And so we should grow up and be responsible, mm-hmm. which is true. We should be, and everyone should grow up and mature um, as a person and in Christ. And yet, I think there is a part of God where he's asking us to still be like children, mm-hmm. just like the verse that we talked about. And it reminded me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the movie with Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. where they're in the glass elevator, and it's just Mike TV and Charlie Bucket who are left. And Mike, I feel like Mike TV represents the grown-up in some way in his character and he says in in that scene he says why is everything here completely pointless Mm. and then charlie bucket says candy doesn't have to have a point that's why it's candy and then mike tv answers it's stupid candy is a waste of time and then his face fades into willy wonka's dad's face and voice Oh, okay and i thought that that's what we expect right is that when you're grown up you shouldn't do things that are a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Or you it should have a purpose that, and a point. It should and... have a, exactly. Mm-hmm. But in in wonder and in Sabbath, in rest and paying attention, there is the enjoyment of that thing in that moment. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the flower, whether it's the worm that the kid is playing with, there is pleasure there. And I think pleasure leads us into worship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When we find the pleasure of God in these things. And so that is another aspect and it may be another motivation for people to enter into more of these thin places is to experience the pleasure of God, not just about work and he's not about producing even good fruit in us, but he's also about enjoying and having things for us to enjoy because he's a good God. Right. He's a good God in many ways, but that is one of the ways he's a good God. Mm-hmm. That's making me think of in Ann Voskamp's 1,000 Gifts, that mm. one of the things she talked about, I think it was in that book, that she took a picture of, she had a heaping pile of grated cheese on mm. a plate, and there was something uh-huh. about the way that the light was hitting it, and that uh-huh. ended up being one of the things she was grateful for that day, and she grabbed her camera and took a picture of cheese, of shredded cheese. God is everywhere. Yeah, but the beauty <laughs> of that, I think, yes. is so important. And I... And I think uh, one of the things I talked about when I introduced this series is holding tensions. And so the tension, one of the tension here would be the tension of it's important to be an adult and to do all the things that we need to do. It's also important to make space for the the pointless and the purposelessness. Yes. Purposelessness, is that a word? (laughs) But for the space for it to be childlike. Exactly, yeah. And and I don't know if it's just with age or growing in maturity in any way, 
but you find that you still have to go back to your child self. Mm -hmm. Even when you're healing, you still need to go back to those childhood wounds. Mm -hmm. So there's, I turned 37 last month and I thought, I feel more like a child and an adult at the same time Mm -hmm. than I felt before. And I thought, I think it's good to be here in this Mm -hmm. weird space where I'm both um, and taking care of both Mm -hmm. has become more important and has become a theme for this, this year for me. But yeah, there is there is attention there there, and I think it's good and it's worthwhile to have. Mm-hmm. So important. So there are two questions that I ask all my guests. Okay. And the first one is because it's called Retreat House Podcast. How do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? What does that look like for you? Which you've talked about a little bit, but a little bit, yeah. I one of the things I recently did with a friend, actually after we came back from Azer. The two girls I stayed with at the hotel, Christine and Chantal, we decided to go on a retreat, just a one-day retreat. And Christine is a spiritual formations pastor. She loves doing soul care retreats. Mm. So we asked if she could do it for us and or she offered, I, I don't know now. But she led us in a time of silence. And then afterwards we came back together and just shared what what is God. What did God tell us through that time? She had passages ready for us to reflect on if we needed prompts. Mm -hmm. But generally, it was to be silent in God's presence. And this monastery retreat site, it was nice as in there was nature, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They still left some of the elements, but they also curated it enough where it felt pleasant to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were a lot of seating areas. Anyways, this year, I really want to practice more of the silent retreats. Mm. And the idea of unplugging completely, knowing, you know, we had to tell our families, like, you can't contact us for the next couple hours. (laughs) And that would usually freak us out because we're so connected Mm -hmm. to everybody, the internet, the world, and especially addicted to our phones, including myself. And so that felt scary in some ways Mm -hmm. to disconnect. Uh, But afterwards, we all said how good it is for our souls to do that. So I want to practice that more. That's not something... I have done often, but mm-hmm. it's something I want to put into rotation now. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, same. And for a doer, to mm-hmm. make space for that quiet and that silence yes. is important. It's hard. It is hard. I'm just preaching to myself right now. Yeah. That, <laughs> I should probably incorporate that too. Uh, yes, you should. <laughs> and then the other question I ask all my guests is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe Ooh. something about yourself, what would that be? One of the things I thought was weird about myself was about the magic thing. Mm-hmm. But this year, I decided one of the things I want to do to nurture my child self is to go see a magic show. <laughs> <laughs> so like it or not, I mm-hmm. still believe in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I know it's an illusion and even though I know these people are just very skilled at this. Well, but it's an amazing <laughs> skill. I mean, some of, the, some of the things that people do are incredible. What's his name? Harrison the Third. Something Harrison the Third. He's out of Nashville. He's an illusionist out of Nashville. And I, I to look him up. Yeah. He yes. The I, it was a conference I was at, and I I think I saw one thing that he did, and I had to leave early. But it was like, uh-huh. you're, what you're like? I can't believe what? How did you do that? I mean, you're just exactly. It, you can't believe it. And you know, I, I mean, I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that he wasn't really making that table float. Do you know what I mean? And yet. <laughs> yeah. And yet. 
it looks like it's floating. <laughs> uh, there's a restaurant here in LA that incorporates magic mm. into the dinner. Um, or I, I heard it's like a dinner and a show, basically. Okay. But I thought that would be the perfect thing for my husband and I to go to because we love both things. Yeah, <laughs> food and, and magic. Um, yeah, and so now I'm, I'm, I used to call that part of myself weird and that I'll forever be a child. Mm-hmm. But I'm celebrating it this year. That's great. That's why I asked the question, because I think we all have our little freak flags and need to fly them a little bit more. That's true, because mm-hmm. it's our truest self, probably. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we all have them. We do. Mm-hmm. We just don't talk about it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast. and me. Yeah, this was great. Thank you. It, it was so fun. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Thank you.